so I wanted to start the season with us doing Ugly Sweater Sunday. Uh, you know, the thing I love about an ugly sweater is when somebody walks into the room with an ugly sweater, uh, people kind of stop and they look at it and check it out. You kind of laugh at that person like the sweater says something about the person, right? And then you think they're witty. This morning I walked in, Dan the custodian was here and he goes, hey, nice sweater. And he was being ironic and he started laughing at me. And I said, well, today is uh, Ugly Sweater Sunday at our church. And a lot of people are going to wear them. He goes, well, you're going to win. That is an ugly sweater, right? And uh, we, like, when we see the ugly sweaters, we tend to smile. I tend to like, think there's going to be something funny that's going to happen. If you're at a party and, and somebody walks in wearing one, you kind of just keep an eye on them because you don't know what they're going to do. And, uh, and so we wanted to start the season with that. It's the start of Advent. And uh, Advent just means coming. That's all Advent means is coming. And it starts, Advent starts four Sundays before Christmas. So that's today. We've got the 1st, the 8th, the 15th, and the 22nd. And it's, react, it's reenacting Jesus's coming to earth. See, the first prophecy about Jesus actually occurred in uh, Genesis 3, right after Adam and Eve sinned, and we're going to be cast out of the garden. And, uh, and God said to Adam and Eve, he said, the snake is going to strike his heel, referring to Jesus, and that, uh, but he will crush its head. And so even from the beginning, from the very beginning, God has got a plan to send Jesus all along. And so we light the three purple candles because light is white, and then pink is when the dawn is about to come. But we're a long ways off. A month, four Sundays out seems a long ways from Christmas. And so it still can seem uh, dark. And so today we're going to look at Isaiah. Now Isaiah was an Old Testament prophet. One of the great prophets of ancient Israel. And 700 years before Jesus, he wrote the passage that we're going to read today. Now prophets are not like fortune tellers. They're not future tellers. They don't foretell the future always. Usually what they're doing is they're forth-telling. They're telling the truth about God. They're telling us, thus says the Lord. They represent God to man and man uh, to God. And so Isaiah is giving this prophecy of, uh, of the light coming, of the Messiah coming. He's really talking about, this is one of the early Advent sort of passages. So look with me in Isaiah 9. Uh, we're going to read verses 2 and then verses 6 and 7. Again at 638 in the large print, 331. In the small print. And it says this The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land deep of, of deep darkness, on them a light has shined. Skip down to verse 6. Uh, the next three verses are just talking about what that kind of looks like as light comes into darkness and evil is broken by good and by God. In verse 6, it says, Now, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of his peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And so Isaiah is sort of giving us one of these Advent verses. People are dwelling in, they're living in deep darkness. But Isaiah says light is coming. Light is coming and the light is going to shine into the dark. And the crazy part for these people, because they want freedom, they can see that their country is losing its power and influence and is going to be rushed into judgment by an overcoming nation. You would think, oh man, God's going to send us a warrior or God's going to send us a king. But Isaiah dismantles that and he says, for a child is born. 
a child is born and the government is going to rest on him and he's going to bring peace. Now that idea of peace in the Old Testament is not this, like give peace a chance, sort of John Lennon, Yoko Ono. It's not that. It's the idea of shalom, which means all the broken things become fixed as God's kingdom comes and dwells really close to people. So when it says that Jesus is going to bring peace, it doesn't mean there won't be wars and fights on earth. What it means is that in the hearts of God's people, it's as if the kingdom of heaven comes down and lives among us. And that's what Isaiah says is going to happen. Light is coming. And he's going to be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The thing that stuck out to me reading this this week, though, is this. That light that's coming, light coming in the darkness, is not an idea. I love Steve Jobs. I think Steve Jobs was the greatest inventor of the last century. And you look at all the things that we sort of have in our culture that come from Steve Jobs and all of these ideas that he has, the founder of Apple and influential in Pixar and created the mouse and every other thing that we have. Like, it wasn't an idea that was coming. It wasn't even an adult king. It wasn't anything like that. It was a child. This light is not an era. This light is not an idea. It's not a movement. Jesus didn't come to, like a movement wouldn't usher in light. Uh, It wasn't a politician. So many times I see people uh, who say, man, if we can just elect, then we're going to be okay. That's not what happened. Light, the light that was coming wasn't a politician. It wasn't a healing. It wasn't a blessing. It wasn't even a season of prosperity. Uh, We can tend to look at our country in terms of, is the economy good? Is the economy bad? And when it's good, we feel like, oh, the world is good. And when it's bad, we can feel like we're losing hope. That's not what's coming. What's coming is a person. Isaiah says the light is a person. The light coming is a person. Even 700 years before, salvation was going to be a person. It was dark, but light was coming. And it was way off, really, really far away, like seeing Christmas presents under the tree and having to wait four weeks to open any of them. It's way far off at this point. Flip to John 1, if you will. John 1, we're just going to read uh, a couple of verses here. The light is getting closer. We'll begin to celebrate this next week with the second candle. John 1, if you've got the paper Bibles, is 517 in the small print and 981 in the large print. John 1, verses 1 through 5 that Mark and Annie read, then we'll read verse 9, says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without him, not anything was made that was made was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. See now the light is getting closer. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And skip down really quickly just to verse 9. It says this, The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. Here comes the light. You can see it getting brighter. Here comes Jesus. It's still dark, but light is coming, and, uh, and it's getting really, really close and clearer. Now flip over to John 8. It's just uh, nine pages ahead in the large print Bible, four pages ahead in the, uh, in the small print. John 8, verse 12. It's Hanukkah uh, in this passage. For the people who are aware of the Jewish calendar, as Jesus makes this statement, it's Hanukkah, the festival of lights, and everybody's looking to the lights and looking to God. And look what Jesus says in verse 12. 
He's just finished, by the way, with that famous passage where they put a naked woman before him who got caught in sin. And Jesus says, let any of you who are without sin cast the first stone. And then they all walk away. And he says, hey, woman, does anyone condemn you? And she says, "Uh, no one, sir. And he says, well, neither do I. Now go and leave your life of sin. And then the next thing he says is right here in verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me won't walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus calls himself the light of the world. In Jesus, there is light. The darkest times in my soul tend to be the times when I'm walking the furthest away from Jesus, walking the opposite way of where Jesus is walking. And so light comes into our lives, and it does four things. I want to share them with you really quickly. The first thing light does is it exposes us. When we get before light, we find we are exposed. When my mom would walk past my bedroom as a teenager, I would want to keep the lights off because it was dirty. And if we turned the lights on, she would see what a wreck it was. And I would be exposed for the slob that I was. When light shines on us, we get exposed. And light shows what really is, not what we fear. See, sometimes we need to turn the light on because we're afraid of something that's lurking in the dark or in the unknown. But also, uh, light exposes what we're trying to hide. The things we try to hide uh, or don't want to present it just as it is. But then after we get exposed, the second thing that happens when the light comes is that we find we're afraid. We find we're afraid. When Jesus, when God really looks at us and he exposes our hearts, we find we're afraid. Every time that Jesus would really reveal himself to someone, they would say something like, Jesus, you're, you're light, I'm darkness. When you look at me, my heart is dark and gross and dirty and you are light, you are good. He is light, we are sinful. He is light, we're ashamed. He is light, we deserve punishment. Light comes, we're exposed, then we get afraid. But here's the third thing that happens that God wants to happen. Light comes, and then the third thing that happens is we find we're loved. And this is the gospel, this is the good news. In Isaiah 9, if, if Isaiah could say anything, he would say, light is coming. And when, when he would say that, he would, he would, in parentheses, almost say, light is coming, and the light is going to prove that you are loved. And even 700 years before this baby is born, understand that you are loved. When you look at baby Jesus, the other day we got to hold a little baby named Fiona uh, last Sunday, and she, I, I, got, like, I just love the smell of a baby's scalp. If heaven doesn't smell like a baby's head, I don't want to go. Like, I don't want to be in a heaven if it doesn't smell like baby scalps, right? And, uh, and then those little, a little, that little hand wraps itself around your finger. When we look at baby Jesus, we ought to see that we are loved. The idea that God had baby scalp and that God had baby hands and baby skin reminds us that we are loved. When we look at the life and ministry of Jesus, how he loves sinners and awful people and prostitutes and gamblers and drunks and blind people and even people who are dead, he brought to life, we see that we're loved. And when we look at the cross and the resurrection, we see that we are loved. And then the last thing that happens when we find that we're loved, after we've been exposed and ought to be afraid, but find we're loved, the last thing that happens is we have joy. Not happiness. Uh, in a couple weeks, we'll have socks and underwear Sunday. Have you ever opened a gift thinking it was going to be awesome and it was socks and underwear? It's the worst. It's the worst. You need it when you got holes in the underwear, but it's the worst, right? The light comes and we find we have joy, not happiness. See, that happiness is based on our circumstance. Happiness comes when I open the gift and I find it was what I wanted. 
unhappiness comes when I open the gift and find it was what I didn't want. Socks and underwear, boo, two thumbs down, right? Jesus comes and he brings joy, not happiness. He brings joy. Advent, Christmas is a season of joy, not based on circumstance. It's from the Spirit because we have light. See, here's the, if you remember anything today, remember this. If you've got an ugly sweater, look at it. Look at the ugly sweaters around you. Guys, we are the ugly sweaters. Christians are the ugly sweaters. Christians, there's not much to us. There's not much to us. Like, these are kind of ridiculous. Do you ever look at these and think, this is all the leftover material that was left when they were making the real sweaters, right? Like, there's not much to us as Christians. We're kind of ridiculous. The people who follow Jesus are kind of ridiculous. Like my wolf, uh, like my wolves in Santa hat sweater. We're kind of, we're kind of ridiculous. Uh, but the good news is we signal good news. We signal light has arrived. It's not all about us. It's all about Jesus. But we're the ugly sweater. We bring the good news. We bring the party. What's the good news of Advent, of coming? Here it is. Advent actually celebrates two comings. When we look at the lights, understand we're celebrating two comings. The first coming we're celebrating happened 2,000 years ago. The first coming was 2,000 years ago. It celebrated Jesus coming as a baby, Jesus coming poor, and Jesus coming to die. When we look at the candle, we remember, man, it was a long way off, but Jesus was coming. He was going to come as a baby, he was going to come poor, and he was going to come to die. But Advent actually celebrates a second coming as well. And this is just as important as the first coming. The second coming that Advent celebrates is that Jesus is coming again, and he's going to come as king, not baby. And he's going to come with authority, not poor and powerless. And he's going to come to rule and reign and to crush sin and to crush Satan and to crush unbelief. And this is the crazy part. This is the good news and the terrible news of Advent. He's coming to, se- to separate his children from his enemies. See, the first time he came, he came as a baby, he came poor, and he came to die. The second time he comes, he's going to se- uh, separate his kids from his enemies. His kids are the ones who've trusted him as Savior. His enemies are the ones who are putting him off and pushing him away. There's a show on HBO. I don't know if it still comes on or not. I'm too cheap to ever buy HBO. It's called True Detective. Does anybody watch True Detective? Does it still come on? No? Is it done? Maybe? Maybe? Okay. At the, at the season finale of uh, season one of True Detective, there's two characters. I hope I'm getting the names right. There's Marty Hart, and then there's Rust Cole. And, uh, and they've just had this sort of season-ending, traumatic uh, experience. They ended up in a coma, and now they're awake. And they're out in a field, and they're looking up at the night sky. And Marty looks at Rust and says, Rust, will you, will you make up a story? Will you tell me a story? And Russ says this, he says, there's only one story, light, the oldest story, it's light versus dark. And then Marty replies, referring, and he's looking up at the sky, and he refers to the light versus dark, and he's looking up and he sees so much darkness, and he, said, and he says, man, we only, basically we should just despair. Look at all the darkness that has so much more territory in the night sky than the light. Do you ever look at the world and think, man, it seems like the dark is winning. There's not enough light in the world right now, right? Here's what happens then. Russ corrects Marty and says this. He says, you're looking at it wrong. 
You're looking at it wrong. You're looking at the sky wrong, this sky thing. He says, once there was only dark, once it was only dark, you ask me, I think the light is winning. Man, I love that. I love that. Advent, every week we're going to light a candle. And every week there will be less darkness than there would the week before. The light is winning uh, in our lives. If you've given your life to Jesus, the light has won. In our community, the light is winning. In our church, the light is winning. There used to be more darkness, and now there is more light. Jesus is coming. This is a season of joy. We ought to be the most joyful people in this neighborhood. Let me pray for us.